Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Today we're going to talk about how God has designed each one of us in a unique way. We're going to discover that sometimes we have to search for purpose. Sometimes we have to search for purpose before we can live it. And then we're going to talk about playing in the sand. How many likes to play in the sand? Some of you do. John chapter 15 and verse number 16 is where we're going to begin today. It says this, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Come on, tell your neighbor God chose you. Chose you. You have not chosen me, God said. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. He said that ye should, and ordained you, that ye should go forth and do what? Bring forth fruit, and that your fruit would remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, I will give it you. Every seashell has its own unique story. This little seashell looks a little bit different than this one, doesn't it? And it looks different than this one. They look different because they have different functions and they have different purposes. Now these here, I think, were just mainly designed and created to be pretty. Put on a shelf somewhere, maybe put in... In, in, in the restroom around the bathtub or something like that. But, but every seashell uh, has its own story. Some are beautiful, some are broken, some are hidden, but each one serves its own purpose. And each one, every single seashell, testifies of God's attention to detail and intricate design. No two seashells are the same, are they? No two seashells are the same. Well, did you know that just like God created seashells different and for different purposes to look different and to serve different functions, did you know that God made you uniquely you? I want you to look at your neighbor right now and tell them, say, you are unique. You are unique. Now, let me just take this... Let's just go down the road a little bit with this, all right? When I try to be this, when God designed me to be this, then problems develop, don't they? And that's what a lot of people are doing today. They're trying to be this kind of seashell when God has made them this kind of seashell or maybe God has made them this kind of seashell or maybe God has made them this kind but they say but I don't want this this that one's bigger I want to I want to look like that one that one is has different color variations and 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 this, that one's smooth I want to be smooth you know I want everything in my life to just be smooth I want it to be wonderful I want it, and oh by the way that one's pretty I just God I just want to be pretty okay I think God's made every one of us pretty. I think God has an intricate design for every single one of us. And when we try to be something other than God has created us to be, listen to me, we are dishonoring God's creation. Do not try to be someone else. No one can do you like you. No one can be you like you. Say this with me. Say, I am 
who God says I am. Come on. Say, I can have what God says I can have. I can be what God says I can be. And I can do what God says I can do. Because God made me me. Now, high five somebody and say, way to go. Come on. Here's... Now, here's what the Bible says. Romans chapter 9, verses 20 through 21. But who are you, a mere man, to criticize and contradict and answer back to God? Will what is formed say to him that formed it, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same mass or lump one vessel for beauty and distinction and honorable use and another for menial and ignoble and dishonorable use? I think what God is trying to tell us in Romans chapter 9, verses 20 through 21 is I'm the potter and you're the clay. Let me make you, let me mold you the way that I want to make you and the way that I want to mold you. Because honestly, there are some people that only you're going to be able to reach. There are some lives that only you're going to be able to impact. And, and another thing too is, you know, there are some blessings that I have in store that only you are going to be able to contain. There are some things that I want done in the earth that, that is going to require your skill set and your frame and your working and your voice and your physique and all of that. I made you to be you. So quit saying, God, I want to be like this person or I want to be like that person and quit trying to be like maybe your neighbor or your friend or even your mama or your papa. Quit trying to be like them. Be who you are. And when you do that, you are celebrating God's creation and God's intricate design and God's plan for your life. Isaiah 29, 16 says, Oh, your perversity, you turn things upside down. Shall the potter be considered of no more account than the clay? Shall the thing that is made say of its maker, He did not make me, or the thing that is formed say of Him who formed it, He has no understanding? What this scripture is telling us is that the potter and the clay are not on the same level. God is God and you are not. God is God and I am not. And I found out a long time ago that I cannot com- manipulate God. I don't care how long you fast. God is not for sale. You can't purchase Him with a meal. So many people say, well, you know, and you say, well, then what's the purpose of fasting? The purpose of fasting is so that we can die to ourselves so we can be more attentive to God's plan and God's heart and God's design and what God wants to do. You see, fasting gets us on the same page with God. The Bible said, I was talking to Jeff in the office this morning. We were in there for prayer. And I told him, I said, the word of God says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and God delights in his way. And that's the difference between God and us. God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And and God knows the end from the beginning and that's the advantage that he has for our life. So since God knows my end from my beginning, if I'll surrender myself to him, then God can back up to where my steps are and he can start ordering my steps. Now I have a choice. Am I going to follow those ordered steps? Am I going to go the direction that God has planned for me? Am I going to be who God made me to be? Am I going to quit trying to be something that I'm not? Or am I going to say, okay, God, I'm going to live the surrendered life. Lord, I surrender to you. I want you to be not just my Savior, but I want you to be my Lord. 
I want you to guide me. I want you to, to direct me. And so many people today, they're like, well, you know what? I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray that God will do this or that God will do that. No, that's not why we fast and pray. We don't fast and pray for answered prayer. We fast, we fast so that our spirit becomes submissive to the move of God in our life. Isaiah 45 and verse 9 says this, Woe to him who strives with his maker. A worthless piece of broken pottery among other pieces, equally worthless and yet presuming to strive with his maker, shall the clay say to him who fashions it, What do you think you are making? Or your work has no handles. So we need to let the potter be the potter and we need to be the clay. And if God wants me to be this kind of a seashell, then that's what I need to be. And if God wants me to be this kind of a seashell, then that's what I need to be. The next time that you're walking down the beach and you're searching for shells, I want you to think about this. I want you to think, you know something? God had a plan for every life that was inside of these seashells. God does not make things for no reason at all. God doesn't say, I'm bored, I think I'll make something. That's not what God does. No, 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 no. God doesn't do that. The next thing I want to talk to you about, you know, life is better at the beach. We can talk a little bit more about these if we would like, but I want to talk to you just a little bit about sifting through the sand. You know, sometimes we have to get our hands in the sand. Sometimes we have to sift through the sand. And when, we, and when we sift through the sand, there are, there are times... See, see, what we're looking for is we're looking for hope. And, you know, there's times of... Especially in times of, of casualty and in times of grief and in times of pain, we need to keep looking for some type of, of hope and some type of joy. Some people can only see the rain, but I promise there's a rainbow somewhere. And look what happens when you sift through the sand. Sometimes you find things. Sometimes there's little treasures in the sand. But, you know, I couldn't see this until I got my hands dirty. I couldn't see this until I said, you know what? It looks like a great big old beach out there, God, and all it looks like to me is sand. But you don't know what's hidden in the sand. There's a lot of people that look at you and they have preconceived ideas about who you are and what you're worth. And there's a lot of people that look at you and they say, well, this is the way that things have to be for you because this is the way it was for your mom and this is the way it was for your brother and this is the way it was for your sister and your dad and all of these. And and they have these preconceived ideas about who you are. But what we have to do is we have to say, Lord, I'm not going to be bound by the history of my heritage. Lord, what I want to do is I want to sift through life's sand. I want to find the purpose that you have created me for. There are great treasures along the seashore. Some are hidden in the sand. Some are hidden in the water. You might have to get wet. And Donna's favorite, some of them are hidden in the seaweed. I'm not getting in that water. There's fish in there and that seaweed gets all around my ankles. Say, come on, honey. Offend the fish. Great treasure along the seashore. Sometimes we have to search for it. Sometimes we have to search for purpose. Sometimes we have to search for hope. Sometimes we have to search for joy. Sometimes we have to search for peace. Sometimes we have to search for solutions. We can't just sit at home in our lazy boy recliner and enjoy what happens on the beach. 
Sometimes you're going to have to venture out there into the unknown. Sometimes you're going to have to go digging for it. Sometimes you're going to have to take a step into the water. Sometimes you're going to have to take the risk of the seaweed. Sometimes, sometimes we're going to have to just say, you know what, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to find whatever I can find. And then when you come back up, you find these beautiful seashells and you say, wow, I would have never known that that was there had I not went searching for it. And the truth be told, it may never have seen the light of the sun. What are you saying, Pastor? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Your obedience to God is just as advantageous for others as it is for you. There are people counting on Lakewood to do what we need to do for the Lord, for our community. There are people counting on us to be who God has made us to be. Isaiah 55 and verse 6 through 9 says this. It says, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. I'm talking about seeking, searching, sifting through the sand. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His, un- his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And He will have mercy upon him and to our God. For He will abundantly pardon. Verse number 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. And neither are my ways... Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now let me say something about sifting through the sand. And let me say something about searching for purpose. And let me say something upon, about going on this journey of discovery. Sometimes there are things that happen to us that we don't understand. Sometimes life happens. Now, here's some, here's some hard questions. In fact, I've had them tossed at me even by my children, even this week. One of my children looked at me and said, Dad, what about world poverty? Where's God? And they weren't, and it was, a, it was an authentic question. They weren't, they weren't doubting God, they weren't, but they were wondering, what's the answer? Well, what about world poverty? Here's another good question. Uh, why do bad things happen to good people? And sometimes I get questions like this. How come God didn't stop that from happening? How many times have we gotten those? Now, I'm not going to act like I've got all the answers this morning because I obviously do not. And I don't think there's anyone here that does. And if you do, would you please stand up because we all have a lot of questions for you if you have all of the answers. We would love to ask you some of these questions. But I think in general terms, it all goes back to when man fell. When sin entered the human race, then the world turned into chaos. And a lot of the things that happen today is because of chaos. In Haiti, there are ships at the dock that are full of food that have been sitting there forever. But there are evil people on that island that are keeping them there, and because of it, little children are dying of malnutrition. And I could say the same thing about, you know, over over in Somalia and different places around the world, I could say the same thing. And the reason that bad things happen to good people is because there is evil in the world. Jesus said... 
Jesus said that He's come to rescue us from the world. We're never going to be able to right all of the wrongs that's done to us. You're never going to be able to do that. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus didn't promise to deliver you from every battle that you fight, but He said, I'll walk with you even if you go through the valley of the shadow of death. He said, I'm going to be with you and I'm never going to leave you and I'm never going to forsake you. In fact, He told us in His Word, as holy men of God wrote, as they were moved on by the Holy Spirit, He told us that we would would have trials. You want the Scripture? That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory, at the appearing of our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Another scripture, what shall separate me from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or nakedness or peril or sword? We could just go all down through that, all through those things. And the reason that God was addressing those things was because He knew they were in the earth and they were in the earth because of sin. Because of sin. And so we don't have all the answers, but we do know that God is with us and God will help us and the comfort of the Holy Spirit will be with us in times of loss and in times of grief and times of difficulty. And sometimes when we're going through those very difficult times in our life, instead of focusing on on all of the grief and all of the pain all of the time, now it's natural to do that. There's a grief cycle and it's natural to do that. But sometimes we just have to say, you know what, I physically can't take anymore. I think I just need to start sifting through the sand I need to try to find some hope somewhere I need to try to find some joy somewhere God you said that the joy of the Lord would be my strength and God I don't understand and I'm not going to understand because because your ways are higher than my ways and God your thoughts are higher than my thoughts but your word says that you'll give me joy and that that joy will give me strength and God I'm going to sift through this sand and see what I can find Lord. The best way to overcome very difficult situations is to find someone else who is going through a difficult situation and help them through theirs. I had a lady in my first church back in the early 90s, 1992, 91 or 92 in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. She came to me one day and she said, Pastor, she said, I'm just having a very difficult time. I just don't understand. And she went started listing all of these things that was going on in her life. And she said, I just don't understand why the Lord is having... And, and I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to tell her, go to the nursing home down the road. Go down to the nursing home and I want you to go and park your car and just start walking down the hallways and when when you feel the prompting of the Lord, because it was a praying woman, I said, when you feel the prompting of the Lord to go into a room, I want you to go into that room and I want you to minister to that person. She came back about three hours later and she was just beaming. Her name was Sharon. She taught Sunday school. And she was just beaming. And she said, oh, pastor, she said, that was the most wonderful thing. She said, I went there. And she said, at first, she said, I was going down through there. And she said, I thought to myself, wow, my life is better than theirs. And I just don't know why they're going through that. And she said, I started feeling bad about that. She said, but then I I started feeling the prompting of the Holy Spirit to go into this room and go into that room. And she said, I was going into these rooms. And she said, almost every room I went into, I started out ministering to them. But before it was over, they were encouraging me. It's like the story that I shared with you. I think it was last week about the homeless man that the Lord spoke to me through. 
behind Walgreens. Sometimes when we reach out to try to help other people, we're sifting through the sand. Sometimes when we reach out to meet other people's needs, then that's where we're going to find hope. Then that's where we're going to find peace. That's where we're going to find healing. That's where we're going to find health. And so sometimes we, we don't understand. We may not understand the answers to the questions, but we know that God's presence is very near. And I put this up here. I said, you know, humanity should never blame God for something we brought on ourselves or for something that Satan has done. I was talking to an individual yesterday on the phone and he made a very accurate statement to me. He said, you know, when a person dies before their time, he said, we never say the Lord took them because he didn't. He said they were stolen by the enemy. Sin is serious, but so was Calvary. I said sin is serious, but so was Calvary. So what's the answer to sin? The answer to sin, the eradication of sin, is the cross of Calvary. If we focus more on Calvary, if we focus more on the finished work of the cross of Jesus, if we focus on finding a need and feeling it and seeing a tear and healing it, if we can through our pain, if somehow we can just start focusing on, on those that are around us that, that need help and that need a helping hand, let's reach out and see if maybe God will work through us. When you do that, you're sifting through the sand. You're finding things within yourself that you didn't know was there. Other people are finding things within you that you didn't know was there. You're sifting through the sand and you're experiencing the hidden gifts and the hidden talents and the hidden anointings that God has put inside of you. There are things inside of you that God put there that you don't even know is there. Look at your neighbor and say, come out with it. Come on. Now the next thing I want to talk to you all about is that playing in the sand is it just for kids? Come on, playing in the sand isn't just for kids. Tell a two-year-old to do that. <laughs> playing in the sand isn't just for kids, is it? I mean, kids can play in the sand and it's wonderful and it's great for them to play in the sand, but when's the last time you played in the sand? You want to say, when's the last time I played in the sand? I just did. But when's the last time you played in the sand? You see, imagination, creativity, and fun, this is, these are things that God wants us to have in our life. When we imagine things, when we create things, when we enjoy life, we're being like our Creator. The Bible said in Psalms chapter 8, verses 1 through 9, all nine verses, it says, O Lord our God, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth, who has set Thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast Thou, hast thou ordained strength because of Thine enemies, that Thou mightest still the avenger, the enemy and the avenger. Now look at verse number 3 and verse 4. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers... Everybody go... When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou hast visited him? The answer is coming up in verse number 5 is where it begins... For you made him a little lower than the angels and you crowned him with glory and honor. You made him to have dominion over the work of your hands. You know, the things you created with your fingers. 
You made him to have dominion over the work of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all of the earth. So here's questions that we have to ask ourselves. If imagination, creativity, and fun is things that God wants us to have, and when we imagine things and we create things, and when we have fun, we're being like our creator, then we need to ask this question. God, what are you imagining about when it comes to me? What is your imagination concerning me, God? Did you know that God imagines things concerning you? God didn't just create you and say, okay, that's it. No, He created you to interact with you. He created you to be His hands and to be His feet and to be His heart and to be His eyes and to be His ears and to be his mouthpiece. That's what God created you. He created you to be his temple. God created you to be the house that he dwells in. Now, how many of you have ever imagined building a house? You have, haven't you? And all the men said, yeah. You have. You have. You've imagined. And and in your mind, you see these things. You see these homes. You see these houses. Right? Right? Well, what does God have in his mind when he thinks of you? What does he have in his mind when he thinks of us? Wow, wow. So here's my question, another question to you. Am I so busy maintaining the the status quo that uh, there's no no room for the, the new me? Are we so busy just trying to make ends meet? Are we so busy just surviving instead of thriving? Are are we actually living or are we just making it from day to day to day to day to day? Get up in the morning, go to bed at night. Go go, go to bed at night. Get up in the morning, do the same thing. Go to bed at night again. Get up in the morning, do the same thing. Go to bed at night again. You know what? There's some purpose in those days somewhere. There's a reason that God made you. There's a reason that God created you. And we've got to learn how to embrace God's imagination for us. We have to start interacting with God. That means we need to talk to Him. And we need to let Him talk to us. And we need to interact with Him so God can speak to us. The Bible said, Behold, Isaiah 43, 19, Behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You know what? If the Lord delays His coming and I go by the way of the grave, I want to go out advancing. I'm going to live until I die. Selah. Look at your neighbor and say, live till you die. That's right. Why we got to go home and sit around and, well, I'm retired now, so I'm going to go home and I'm just going to sit around and I'm just going to wait for the big old hearse in the sky. Some folks, the only way they make it to church is when the hearse takes them to church. There's a whole lot more to life than that. You know, my sister made a statement to me on the phone week before last. She said, Johnny, that's what they call me up there. I kind of like it. She said, Johnny, she said, there is so much good in this world. She said, why do we have to just focus on the bad all the time? I said, you are so right. Live it up, girl. 
She said, well, I've been trying. I said, behave. <laughs> you need to behave. You need to behave. But God said, I'm going to do a new thing. Now I'm going to make it spring forth. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you about today is that it's time for you. It's time for me. It's time for all of us. We just need to surf it up. We need to trust God and go for it. I want my grand, is my grandbaby asleep? Oh, dear God. Is the other one asleep? Dear Lord, they're all sleeping. Papa, put them to sleep. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Dr. John, I'd have you stand on that, but I'm afraid I couldn't pick you up and put you on it. I... <laughs> But, but we need to learn to surf it up. We need to learn to trust God. We need to go for it. There's a whole lot of people that, that won't venture out because they're afraid. Fear is a form of faith. Fear is, is contaminated faith. Fear is believing more in what the devil says and more in what your circumstances say than in what God says. And so I want to encourage you today to cash in your fear and embrace your faith and trust God and go for it. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 5 and verse number 12, For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous, look at this, with favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. How do I do it? I listen for the wind. I wait for the wave. I see the open door. I seize the moment. I take advantage of the opportunity. I'm going to say, Lord, you have blessed the righteous with favor. You have covered me with favor as with the shield. Come on. I want somebody right now to just clap your hands and say, I have God's favor. 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 God's favor. I'm trusting God this morning that some of you will start dreaming again. I'm trusting God that some of you this morning will start embracing your destiny again. You say, well, I'm old. You're not dead. If you're still sucking oxygen, there's a reason. Come on. God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for your life. Why don't you embrace that plan? Why don't you, you say, well, I'm just too old to do anything. Then find a young person that you can pour your wisdom into. Find a young person that you can become a spiritual father or a spiritual mother to and invest and pass on the wisdom that God has given you to the next generation. Hallelujah. We're all the sum total of who we are. We're all the sum total of who we are. Sometimes we just need... Come here, bring her to me, bring her to me. She's awake. Ah. Come see Papa. Come here. You know, come here. Hi, sweetheart. Yeah. Sometimes we just need to... Sometimes we just need to wake up and get on a surfboard. And we need to say... And we... <laughs> And we need to say, Lord, send a wave. So the enemy comes in like a wave. Like a wave. The Bible said, the Bible said that the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Hallelujah. When the enemy comes in, like a wave, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I wanted to get on that surfboard, but uh, uh, Sean told me I would break it if I got it. <laughs> Sometimes when the enemy sends a wave against you, you need to just ride the wave. Sometimes when the winds of adversity blow, you say, Lord, I know that the winds of adversity are blowing. I know, babe. You can't have it now. It's on the floor. 
But sometimes when the winds of adversity are blowing, we just need to say, you know what, Lord? David said in the Old Testament, he said, when you hear the sound of the going in the mulberry trees, then it's time to advance because we know that the Lord is here. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible said that, Acts chapter 2, the Bible said when the Holy Spirit came, it came like a mighty rushing wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There was a mighty rushing wind. That wind that you are hearing, maybe it's not the enemy. Maybe it's God trying to interact in your life. Maybe it's God trying to reposition things for you. Maybe it's God trying to get you to seize the moment. Maybe, maybe it's God trying to say, you know what? You've been stuck in the place where you are long enough. It's time for you to rise up and let me call you blessed. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come get this baby. I'm about to have fit. Hallelujah. Woo. Say, praise the Lord. She don't want you. <laughs> Didn't even try to reach for him. Ha <laughs> ha. Like I got my papa. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Come on, Charles, we're through. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Have not I commanded you, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know what God was saying? You know what God was saying? He was saying, I know there's giants there, but I've already given you the land. Just go take it. I know there's going to be some battles. I know there's going to be some wars. But this is your destiny. You advance forward. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk with you. I'm going to pour the anointing through you. I'm going to pour the blessing of God through you. Go, Joshua. Go forward. Advance, advance, advance. Lead my children into the land that flows with milk and honey. There is a place of provision. And there is a place of favor. There might be a giant every now and then. But just kill it. Just kill it and go forward and advance and possess what God has for you. Come on. It's time for the church to rise up and be called blessed. Hallelujah. 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 There you go. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at wwwsuncoast 4 and that's the number four, Jesus. TV. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.